How are we doing? We're doing good. We are, we're, we're winning. We are, we are hashtag winning. <laughs> we're winning so much. It's, it's really, it's painful to be honest, how winning. You've never seen somebody win so much. It's, it's, it's jarring the amount of winning that's happening it's right jarring. now. Um, well, I gotta say, I'm learning a lot about how Zoom works and this is why there are producers. So there you go. Boom, boom shakalaka, 100%. Are you doing your streaming thing? Uh, yeah, I'm just putting in the final touches here. Um, okay, I'm ready. You ready? We're on, man. Three, two, one, okay. boom. We're live. Boom. Just, Three, two, one. We are live. Okay. What's going on, man? All right. You well, know. you and I are talking. We got to say hi to everybody else. Hey, everybody hey, else. Everybody. Devin and I have been here talking. Um, so this is actually, this is the first ever that I'm aware of. I'm totally sure many other people have done it. Crosscast, where we're both podcasting to our own podcasts at the same time. That's right. Double dipping. We call it yeah. double dipping on the West Coast. We're, that's right. So we got um, the John Snyder podcast, which I've yet to name. Uh, something like Friends of John Snyder. Okay. And I'm honored, first the, of all. Yeah. Likewise. And at the, uh, at the edge of knowledge... That's, that's what I'm going with right now. And we were sitting here trying to figure out like what we do on our podcasts. And unfortunately for everybody watching, we both have like super loose podcasts where we just let the guests talk about whatever they want to talk about. So that's not <laughs> unfortunate, man. It's fortunate. <laughs> I think that we as people without getting on my soapbox, I really do feel this in my heart are so oversaturated with bullshit. It's just so, there's so many people are inside of a static story, a narrative that's already been written. And that shit is tiring, man. I got to tell you, it John, is. I, I was exhausting. right away impressed by you with your spontaneity, with your, you know, with your, with your gusto, with your, with your spunk, just with your, you know, hey, you know, you got a joke ready. Um, I am impacted and, and magnetically drawn to people that are authentic. I think we all are. I think authenticity. Yep. Is, authenticity wins. You feel me? It's a force. And you can't, you can't you know? get in the way of someone who's authentic. There's nothing you can do. Like if you, if you dislike them, you know, you <laughs> right. 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 I, I think that we need more of authentic dialogue that's available to the media consumer and it's not like it's my idea mm. the person that, that spoke to that that i thought was really interesting is uh um jordan peterson was talking about how he got so popular you, are you familiar with him at all yep i love that guy yeah, yeah he's, he's him a year ago. right right um and he said and he has a, a phrase that is um descriptive of of what i'm trying to get at is you don't confuse yourself with the wave, you ride the wave. And he says, I'm nothing special. It's that, although, you know, that's debatable, I suppose. It, it's that he started putting massive amounts of content that was videos of his lectures at the University of Toronto and um, lectures of his that he was giving to the public um, about, you know, clinical psychology and stuff while YouTube was, was growing massively. So right. there's this new revolution, right, that we're a part of, and it's that the spoken word and the, and the digital um, video is now 
as widely distributed as the written word and, and instantly. You know, what's interesting there is that um, Jordan, I love Jordan Peterson, as I just said, but I actually saw a video or two of his before I loved him. I saw those videos he was dumping out on from the university and it didn't catch me at all. I watched a couple minutes of it and I was like, who's this guy? Who cares? And it was a few months later that a buddy of mine said, oh, you got to check out this Joe Rogan uh, podcast with this guy, Jordan Peterson. And what I've, I'm coming to realize, because uh, I've, I've seen it just a couple times this week, and then, you know, you know when you have a realization and then you go back through every other time in your life, right? You say, oh, that's the truth. Um, the power of an introduction, right? If somebody says, hey, this is Jordan Peterson, I love him versus just crashing into it, you know what I mean? Crashing into this individual here or there um, is really powerful. I'd like to introduce you. The, um, Please. The, <laughs> this is not authentic at all. I wanted to do this a minute ago, but, um, but I wanted to hear what you're saying too. Uh, I crashed into you. We crashed into one another on Instagram. And um, I really like the content that you put out on Instagram. You, there's a lot of people wishing well there's a lot of you know uh, go get them be inspired be in touch with you can you know, do it yeah you can do it be in touch with the universe or something you have a unique spin on things that i really appreciate uh likewise i think that you have a you bring an authenticity to it um of the, there's a, a real nice thoughtfulness to your posts uh, around spirituality or mental fitness mental wellness um, that uh, just really resonated with me. I see these posts all the time, but uh, I saw some of the unique quotes that you put out and I said, uh, you know, you've really taken, you're not just regurgitating something that someone else spits, you know what I mean? Oh, I saw this quote recycled six other ways. You know, this, you put out things that are very thoughtful and inspiring. Um, well, in a, I really kind of appreciate spiritual that. Way. That's really kind of yeah. I, For lack I, of a better word, my 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 ego and like like my want of validation wants to drill in and be like, well, how am I different? And this and that, but that's not important. The, I think a thing to speak to that is a way of representing what we're talking about that I found in in a great book. Uh, so if you're ever looking to blow your mind. This gentleman, Ontario Ali, who I am actually friends with on Facebook and have met in person, fantastically interesting guy. He put all of his um, movies that he's produced uh, free on YouTube. Uh, I could go on and on about him, but he, in so far as regurgitating wisdom that he'd come to secondhand, brought a concept to my mind, and it's been a catalyst for me continuing in my life growing and facing my demons and, you know, working on my physical fitness and working on my relationships and working on my professional life, like all the shit that we all do in life, you know, it's nothing, nothing special, but just what keeps me centered, if you will. And I'm an easily off center guy. I'm a, I'm a, you know, head in the clouds kind of guy. I can go zero to hundred real quick. It's staying grounded for me. That is more of a challenge. Um, right. Uh, is this the map? is not the territory, right? right? The menu is not the meal. 
And I'm like, whoa, that's super heavy when I started digging into it and all that's in these books and stuff. And, and uh, you know, my intention is not to be some fanboy or like say, you know, he's got, you know, he or anybody else has all the answers, but just the simple idea that direct experience of the, of the moment that we're in right now, right? The sensory yeah. perception that's coming in, my ability to make sense of it, and then my ability to communicate and, and ride that wave, if you will, constitutes yeah. my ability to use a functioning mental representation of the world. And I think that the more intelligent the person, the more nuanced and wide their mental map of the, of the world, right? you can never fully map the territory, right? Cause it's life and it's always changing. Yeah. And I think yeah. that I find a great deal of peace in the, the, the chaos and the unknown and the darkness and, and going up to the mountain when there's, you know, swirling winds and, and lenticulars. You're out in Oregon, and, right? Um, yes. Uh, Central Oregon. Uh, we're, we're in uh, Bend, uh, born and raised in California. Um, but as soon as I, paid off my student loans, made a little bit of money, moved to Tahoe, which is uh, kind of on the border between California and Nevada and um, has, you know, the high Sierra, uh, the Sierra Nevada mountains, uh, a bunch of ski resorts, Squaw and, and uh, Heavenly, if you've ever heard of those, they had the Olympics in 88 in Squaw. Um, and uh, from there, ski patrolled and then moved to Mount Shasta, which is Northern California, um, where, where somebody outside of California might hear like cats, San Francisco is Northern California. It's not Northern California. That's Central California. And Northern California is another five, six hour drive north. And so we, me and my wife lived near Mount Shasta for a couple of years. And that was just like eye opening and, and really a wonderful place. Um, and now we're in Central Oregon, which is. Are, uh, are you Cascades. one of these folks? Are you one of these folks who feels like you connect with God through nature? Something like that? For, yeah. Again, yeah. For lack I think of that's nature. fair. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I am. That's this is that's something I, I. That's not me. Rarely, can you, can you, so can you talk to me a little bit about? I like that, by the way. Respect. I'd like to understand a little more. I'd be happy. I'd be what, happy to, dude. Talk to me a little bit about like what you're posting on your Instagram and like where your head's at. So your podcast you were saying is like around mental fitness, That's right? right? And you're talking about kind of concepts of the world of how do you put this together and navigate the world outside right. of just the map or the superficial version of it. Right. right. Um, what, where are you, where are you coming from? Like what's, yeah. what's, what's driving you here and what is it that you're seeking after or are you, or is there no, something I'm, that you have that you want to share? I, I'll, I'll share anything. I'm an open book. I, I find strength in my vulnerability. You know, you can't hurt me because mm -hmm. I'll tell you anything, you know, right. There's not, there's nothing that somebody can use against me that I won't volunteer. Right. Um, right. Okay. So there's so much, that I could go off on. And I'm one of the guys who get me talking, I won't shut up. So I want to respect okay. your, your, right. your ears and go. I want to respect your listeners. Okay. So to answer your question, no, everybody, Hey, listen, if y'all are watching the John Snyder podcast and you don't like Devin, fuck off. It's <laughs> not a podcast for you. All right. Devin, tell me all about you yourself. Know, down to two dudes in Oklahoma, <laughs> you know, rock on. Two dudes ride, who love you and everybody yeah. else has fucked off. 
Yeah, it's I your show. It. So it's like it's like this. I have have gone through a development as a human, as we all do. No, nothing I'm saying is unique to me. I don't want to be egocentric. I just really don't. It turns to be yeah. right the fuck off. What, but I'm what, just going to talk yeah. about my story real quick. Okay, yeah, so please. Born and raised in a upper middle class family. We had money. My dad was a what year? A phys- what year were you born? Uh, I was born in '86. Okay. Uh, summer of '86. Dad was a physician. We had money. Parents split up at eight. Immediately, I went from like, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to have everything. I'm the smartest kid in the world. I'm the fastest kid in the world. I was a runner. Uh, And then it was like, whoa, like trauma is a thing. Like things don't Mm -hmm. work out all the time. Like things fail. Like, and I had to deal with that as a youngster, as we all must face trauma at some point, right? Were you an only child? No, I'm a younger brother. My brother's six years older than me. Uh, So kind of life changed at a young age. We went from like a big two-story house, uh, pool in the backyard, you know, nice cars, like in, in private school to boom, I'm in public school. I like don't know what the F is going on. I'm living in apartments with my mom. My dad lives on like a country club. I see him sometimes, lots of fighting, lots of anger. Um, and I And I was thrown into this chaotic environment. And I was always was dad was dad cool was dad cool before that and kind of got angrier after the breakup dad had a hard childhood dad was uh was raised in a double wide trailer parents moved around a lot from new york to hawaii uh my grandmother was brilliant and mad the way that i think brilliance is and uh my dad i think grew up under that uh chaos and was really formed by it uh, he, to, to give you an idea of the, the transformative nature of my grandparents on my father's side, my grandfather was a lineman in Pac Bell as a, as a telephone man, you know, making a good salary, but you know, not buying any Rolls Royces. And my grandmother mm-hmm. was a nurse and brilliant and read voraciously, um, but smoked just as, just as voraciously would wake right. up in the morning and have a Coca-Cola and a cigarette, you know, just had right. that, had that inner turmoil, you know? And um, from nothing, I mean, from, you know, plus very it was cool money. and acceptable. Yeah. Plus it was part of the culture, right? Plus it was just a thing yeah. that you did. Um, but from that, you know, story, my, my father became a, you know, physician. My, my uncle became a lawyer and lives on the big Island. So they just went a hundred percent into, you know, success, succeed, win, you know, they're winners. Right. But they're not, but it was, not, it was in, uh, a, in a responsive way. In I a, suppose in so. A, in a, kind of responding to the, the it was pro- proving something that didn't need to be proved kind of thing. I, I think that they thought that it did need to be proved because I think that they both felt and realized that unless they made it, they weren't going anywhere. Unless they were successful and were able to pay their way, they didn't have a okay. pot to piss in and they did. And they busted okay. their ass and worked it. really hard. And, you know, my dad's the kind of guy that never got a B you know what I mean? Just that, that kind of mentality, you know? So I was raised under that kind of iron fist psychologically, like nothing abusive physically, nothing like horrendous. I'm not sitting here saying, right. woe is me. I'm just trying to tell you my story real quick. Yep. Uh, yep. So, he, you know, he, can I just pause was, you right there? Of I just course, want to say please. right there. Um, gr- growing up, I feel like a child of the eighties before the internet, you know, everybody shared their story and their little mini traumas, right? And we all, everybody I was friends with, we knew, oh, this guy's, his dad sucks. And this one really, 
you know, is abusive and this one's pretty cool and so on and so forth. And I definitely feel some hesitation to kind of these days, now that we all know everybody's business and we all know that this one was truly being raped 24 seven and you know what I mean? So on and so forth. I feel like those of us in the middle who have a story to share that wasn't terribly traumatic or terribly wonderful often feel exactly what you just said there is like, well, uh, I mean, I got a story, but it's not worth sharing, but it is, it is. I really yes, love, I miss these, uh, I miss these connections and I'm trying to bring them back with the people that I've meeting these days in my life, you know, tell well, me really what's your story, that. tell me what's your trauma. And if it's, don't tell me, don't worry if it's um, not traumatic enough, but I want to know what's all the ups and downs, you know what I mean? Right, right. We're not, we're not casting the, the blockbuster just yet. We don't need to, we don't need to fucking storyboard the, the movie. No, I get it. And, yeah. and I really appreciate that. And you're, you're not the only person in my recent past in the last month that's come to me with that exact, exact message. You have a story and people want to hear it. And this is my yeah. best. Uh, this is my best attempt to 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 distill who I am and where I'm at, without wasting anybody's time. So, so you know, ha had the 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 expectation of excellence, right? And I and I met that expectation. I was the most athletic kid in school and in, in grade school. I was the smartest kid. I got the you know straight A's. I got a you know you know over a 4.0 in high school um got a got a you know killer gpa i was going to go to you know ivy league school but the thing was at 8 years old what i was standing on broke so now i'm right. be, i'm being asked to, to to do the high jump but i'm in the water you know it was like what the fuck are you talking about like i'm i'm playing a game that i'm no longer even in you know so everything changed and that really catalyzed a huge evolution in myself okay fast forward to college because I've continued to play the game through middle school, through high school, dealt with, you know, feuding parents, but they're split up now. It's all good. 2004 is when I graduated high school. I had a 1410 SAT and this was before there was uh, like a, at a 2100, it was at a 1600, which was a pretty darn good school yeah, uh, score. Rather. Good. I was like yep. second or third in my graduating class. Um, you know, my, my peer group, Became Did you enjoy and, rising to the challenge or were you under the iron fist? Or it's a good question. I, I gamed the system. I, I knew how to put minimal effort such that I got maximum results. That whole 80-20 thing that you hear and these productivity experts like Tim Ferriss and, and Gordon Cadrone, and I, I did that in high school. I got it. I saw the game being played and I could play it as okay. good as anybody. What, what is the game for somebody who'd like to game the system? In short, understanding the metrics by which you're being judged. Okay. And don't waste That's energy it. on anything but that. You want to okay. make money? Put all of your energy towards the operations that you iterate upon that make you money. Money isn't the most important thing to you. Okay. What do you like? Relationships? Spend all your time cultivating positivity in your relationships, right? Understand the game. You got to know the rules of the game because if the person that's judging you is playing a different game than you, you're already fucked, right? Okay. So, so I played the game in high school, but, but the joke was on me. I, I had, right, as it often is, I had a 4.3. Song I had by a, the Beast. Oh, I had, you feel me? I had over a 4.0, but I was on attendance probation because I was such a shithead. I would show up late to class or skip class sometimes because I was like, what the fuck can you do to me? I have a, you know, an A in an AP class. Like I have an A++, you know? 
Well, turns out I didn't take one of the required standardized tests for the UC system college admittance application packet. I had only applied to UCLA, UC Berkeley, UC San Diego. Um, I was gonna stay in, in California. And I was like, fuck. I went to the admissions um, counselor and they were like, yeah, you fucked up. And I was like, oh my God, I fucked up. <laughs> I, w I went to my car and I was so angry at myself. I, I punched the rear view mirror and it, yeah, I broke it. It yeah. broke off the fucking thing. I just, I just hit. And I had to face the fact that it nobody drove down the road and got shit. a ticket for not having a rearview mirror. <laughs> fucking a man. Luckily that didn't happen. But, but I, I, it was another turning point. The reason I tell this little blurb of the story is it was another turning point in my life where mm. the game changed. It was a different game now. Now I had to figure out, okay, how am I going to get a college education? Because my whole plan just took a 180. So. Long story short, I went to U of O for a year, totally fucked off, smoked a bunch of pot, uh, partied, was really depressed because if you've never been to Eugene, Oregon, uh, and you've grown up in, in sunny California, it is a miserable place to live. We live in Bend, Oregon, which is the high desert, but the Eugene, Oregon is closer to the coast and it's rainforest. It rains a lot and the clouds are like right here, like 280 <laughs> days a year. Uh, so I dropped out of U Seattle 2.0. Well, yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, it's like Portland or, or Seattle. So, uh, and I apologize. This is such a winding story, but I promise it, it has a concise. No, that's point. all right, man. Go for it. It's your story. I, I was fucked at that point. I was dropping out of U of O. Okay. I'm in my spring semester or my spring quarter, rather my third quarter of my first year at U of O and I was dropping out. Something magical happened then. This is the third time a huge turning point in my life happened. If I'm, if I'm recounting my life's turning points, which I think are big parts of the map, right? A road is just mm -hmm. a line. It's where that road diverges from the, the vector right. it's been on that's something of intrigue, okay? Right. I was like, well, fuck, this is interesting. I have a whole quarter to do whatever the fuck I want. And I'm in Oregon and I can either be a loser or I can do something that I wanna do. Well, what do I wanna do? I, these are all just internal dialogues that I'm having. So I got lifeguard certified and I got scuba certified because those were two classes that were offered during spring quarter. Okay. So then I, I reapplied to colleges as if I'd never applied to you as, as if I've never gone to U of O. I just mm -hmm. applied to the UC system novel and never mentioned U of O because I got shit grades and they accepted me just on my high school shit because my high school shit smart was smart move. Stuttered. That's a good gaming. You know, analysis, fuck it. If, yeah, if it's yep. a game, you just, you play the game, man. You know, because yep. I think the older you get, you realize that everybody cheats. So if somebody's <laughs> going to try to cheat and beat me, fuck it. I'm going to cheat and beat you first. You know, so uh, I went to UC Santa Cruz. And again, I kind of lost my way. I just felt like, what the fuck is the point? I'm in these classes just being indoctrinated, told what to think. What were you studying at that point? Earth sciences. So that speaks to the original question. And I'll get back to that because that was one of the few things that intrigued me is trying to study the, the, the system of the earth. You know, like that's a, that's a, uh, uh, worthy goal, I suppose is what I thought. So the thing that kept me sane in Santa Cruz was that I was able to surf and I, and surfed, I did the two, I really majored in smoking weed and surfing. And I somehow got a bachelor's of science in, in earth science. That was, that was what happened. And it took me a long time. I took, 
many semesters off. I went to Hawaii and stayed with my uncle. Um, I traveled. I took a 14, 14 years to get a degree. Holy shit. Yeah. So you know, yeah. you know the 10 year plan. Yeah. <laughs> I know yeah, that. I know the plan. A, yep. Yeah. So, so I'm embarrassed because I'm going so, on so long, but I'll, 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 I'll tie it no, up with man, Bo here go. because go, I think, go, it's, go. I think it, it'll make sense. I get out of college with a bachelor's and with a lot of love and respect for the ocean because it kicked my ass, almost killed me, you know, made me able to dance with, you know, with big swell. And, and it was a real transformative experience to, to surf as much as I have. Okay. I fell in love with, with uh, parts of the ocean. And the way that I describe it is if you surf and I think by extension, there's other things like it. If you, if you, uh, I don't, off the top of my head, skiing is definitely another one like it. But when you surf or ski, you have a relationship with a place, okay? You learn that place in all of its different moods, just like you have a relationship with a person. You see what's underneath because you were see you them with all of their Were you always down one beach or beaches where you knew, mostly. for example, where the rips were? So yeah, exactly. Part. Mostly. Mostly I would go to a place called Three Mile and Davenport. There's a handful of places that I would go 95% of the time. Right. And okay. just like you say, you know what the form is under the water, you know what the point looks like, you know the different currents that, that happen, you know the, where the rip sets up, you know, you know how to read the wind and the tide and the direction of swell. And so it's all of these different influences on this place and you fall in love with the place. That, any surfer will, will, will tell you that, I, I would argue. Okay, so I fell in love with this place while I'm going to school and not falling in love with anything at school. I'm sitting in the back of class smelling like weed, just playing the game again. And I'm like, well, the game's gonna change. So why waste my energy? That was my mentality. Somehow I got a degree. Okay, fast forward. I'm out of school. I need to get a job. What year? Long story short, I'm sorry. What year is this now? 2012, 2013. Okay. I really like your description of falling in love with a place in the ocean and understanding the tides at a certain beach and so on and so forth. I've never heard anyone describe that. That gives gives a totally different picture of what it is to be a surfer for me. I'd never seen it that way. Yeah, there's, there's a truth underneath all of the movement, right? There's, there's a, there's a place there. There's rocks it's under like, the, it's like a skateboarder who like constantly goes over the same curb and stair set down at the school and knows right. it really, really well. Like you're right. just got a bigger playing field. Right. Right. And you got, and you're, and you're aware if there's any grease on that, or if there's any rain, if it just rained or if somebody put a fucking stick of gum or you, you understand all the insults to the thing that you're, you're in, you know, like there's, there's a seeing through things. Right. I've, I've read wisdom lies not in seeing things, but seeing through things. I don't I can't speak on that very much more intelligently than than referring to the idea that we're, we're talking about um, with respect to surfing. So I knew that I was on to something with surfing. Right. right. Not that I'm the, a great surfer. I'm, I'm, I'm competent, but. Something was there, right, that I didn't find in academia. OK. I get a job in sales. I'm. Uh, just by as luck should have it. I'm in recruiting sales, which is very lucrative in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley. And I did that. Um, again, I'm in a game. I realized very, very quickly the game being played and I can play a game. I just don't give a fuck after a while because I know right. that the game changes eventually. Games always change. You can't play one game your whole life. That's the nature of, of life. You grow up, you change, things change. 
you, relationships change. People, you know, that's, that's something sometimes that I learned. Sometimes the game changes. Young. Sometimes you know, the game real changes. Real estate without, game changes. Right. I'm in real estate for anyone who doesn't know, right? Oh God, right. does it change? <laughs> I can only imagine. I can only imagine. So, so your, your, your success is a, is a clear analog of your ability to play the current game, right? Mm-hmm. And, your, and your willingness to play the current game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you so, just got to change the game. Right. Sometimes you got to say, okay, I want to play this other game, you know? And uh, so I made a bunch of money in, in sales and I'm sorry, what were you I selling? Bought, uh, recruiting services. So I would go to companies and ask them if they needed any software engineers and then they would give me a job order. And then I would come back to my recruiting team. My recruiting team would find, you know, a, a uh, software engineer that knows Java. We would put that in front of the, the manager. They'd interview them. They'd, they'd, contract that person we'd get you know two dollars every hour that person works you know i'd have 10 15 people on billing and just be making money you know but if there was no there was no there was there was nothing there it was just phone calls and and, and money and yep. i don't really give a shit about either of those right. i like i like the thing underneath the thing and one of the reasons why i appreciate you letting me tell the story is because i think there's something underneath this kind of banter is i'm trying to give you an essence of me and you're, you're kind enough and respectful enough and honorable enough to allow me to do that. And I really appreciate that. So I had a, enough money in the bank that it was more than my student loans. So I was like, do I keep doing this forever? Do I leverage myself more and buy a house? Do I, do I, you know, buy into the Silicon Valley life? I'm making, you know, you know, $4,000, $5,000 a month, but I'm paying $2,500 a month for a fucking one bedroom apartment. So I'm, I'm on the treadmill. Fuck that. I don't want to be on the treadmill. I'd rather be in the ocean, right? So as soon as I realized that I could buy my freedom, I bought it. I wrote a fucking check for like $27,000, paid off my student loans, moved out of the Bay Area, right? The, the Bay Area is crazy, man. If you, if, you, if you haven't been, traffic's nuts. It's probably only second to LA in terms of congestion and pollution and, you know, great restaurants and so forth, but, but, uh, just wasn't for me after a while. I didn't get that soul grounding healing vibe that I get from the ocean in, in the city. Okay. So were you, surfing at? you were surfing in the Bay area. Yeah. So the Bay, the, the, the San Francisco Bay area, um, is above the, the Monterey Bay. So the San Francisco Bay yeah. is like that. The Monterey Bay is like that. So I would go to Santa Cruz. Uh, and, uh, just North of Santa Cruz is, uh, you've heard of Mavericks. Mavericks is like a half hour North of where I would surf a lot. Um, a place called three mile beach and four mile beach and Davenport and, uh, Waddell Creek and, uh, uh, Scott's Creek, uh, lived there for a little bit while I was in college. Very, very, very beautiful part of the world. The Pacific coast highway which is where everybody wants to have like a little red Porsche and drive up and down the coast. Uh, the Pacific coast highway is something gorgeous to see. And there's really wonderful uh, secluded beaches to surf a little North of Santa Cruz in Santa Cruz. It's, it's surfing in town and there's a lot of competition and people trying to really um, show off their surfing. And I surfed there a fair bit, but I, that wasn't for me. I'd rather right, uh, walk along off. the, I'd rather walk along the Brussels sprout fields for, a mile and be somewhere where I know there's fewer people and big open ocean swells and, and really fun point breaks, you know, big waves. So 
moved to the, to the mountains because I didn't see a way that I could move to the beach and make a living and have a reasonable cost of living. So move to the, the, the mountains. Okay, this is where I'll, I'll stop the story because I wanna make this very clear point. The earth doesn't play games. The earth doesn't give a fuck. The earth is not trying to win. The earth, Gaia, <laughs> planet earth, our mother earth, right? Let's, let's be spiritual with it. Is not trying to one up you. She doesn't give a fuck about you. You are a part of her. You feel me? You are like a piece of hair on this body that is the earth. And I fucking love that feeling. I love being on a mountain ridge with 70, 80 mile an hour winds whipping and you're just like, holy shit, and, and blowing snow and feeling the crunch of the snow under my feet and evaluating what the, what the, what the snow is doing. I've, I've skied my whole life as well, longer than I've surfed. Uh, my parents, when I was a little kid, got me on skis when they were like at Club Men and stuff. So skiing's always been at, uh, close to my heart. And as soon as I bought my freedom, I went and became a ski patroller. After my first year of ski patrolling, I became an EMT. My second year of ski patrolling, or was it my first year of ski patrolling we met? First year. My first year of ski patrolling, I met my wife. She was um, a J-1 visa immigrant from Brazil. I'm like, that's a beautiful young lady. I want to get to know her. I meet her, Lol. and we fall in love. You know? I found so, one of those Brazilian you know, ladies on a visa. Right? So, yeah. so this is what I want, to, I want to put to you and your audience. When do you experience the lack of game playing? You feel me? Yeah. Yep. When do you feel like... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you when I surf and when I ski and when I'm yeah. with, and when I'm with people that I, that I respect. So, okay. I, so then from, so then from there until where you are now, that was, that was when you stopped game playing right. essentially. Right. And now, and now you, you're in a, you're a young man, but you're, you're free. You're appreciating and you're not playing the next game you're not looking for the next game to conquer on someone else, someone else's game. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. So what? If so I, just take me, take me very. That's a, that's a powerful question. I had nothing to say. Um, yeah, you looked at me like I, like my mic went out. I was like, well, yeah. fuck, like did that go through? Dro like, what's drop up? the mic? Yeah. Um, so so take me quickly through from then until now. Like, so what are you? Lived in Tahoe for two years. Ski yeah, patrolled you... professionally at a little mountain called Homewood Mountain Resort, which is on the west shore of Lake Tahoe, which is just south of Squaw and Alpine. Grew a bunch, learned a bunch, ran a bunch of calls, you know, responded to people with broken bones and so forth, and, and learned about myself and my ability to be calm under pressure, which is something that's really uh, powerful to learn about oneself, I feel. Uh, went double down on that, got my EMT uh, back in Santa Cruz after that first year. Um, went back to Tahoe the second year, did it again at Homewood, um, wanted to become a paramedic, wanted to triple down. So found there was a college in Northern California that I could go to for very cheap. 
uh, as it is a community college and just so happens that it's right next to Mount Shasta, which is something that I've always been bewitched by because my grandfather on my mother's side would take his children and then his grandchildren to a place called Trinity, which is honest to God, a oasis paradise in Northern California that if you don't know where to look, you'd never find it. It's uh, in the Trinity Alps and it's a reservoir and uh, there's elk and um, beautiful, you know, running freshwater streams. And uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful, un unsullied place. And that is about the same latitude as Shasta, but it's over the um, Alps from Shasta towards the ocean. So I always knew of Shasta, but I'd never really seen it. Well, I moved from Tahoe with my wife to Weed, California, which is not named for the plant, but it is named for Abner Weed uh, because the winds of weed are so powerful. This is right near um, uh, our north of Redding, our south of Medford. It's right near the um, California-Oregon border. So this is true, truly Northern California, not San Francisco, I'm in NorCal. It's like, no, you're fucking not, uh, you know. Um, okay, so the winds of weed are so strong the, the sustained winds during the winter in weed are like 100 mile an hour plus, like 10 plus days a year because Mount Shasta is the seventh most prominent mountain in the world. What does that mean? It okay. means relative to the topography around it, it juts up more than all but six other mountains in the world. Okay. Right. So store, so people call it a vortex. The like new agers, you know, call it a crown chakra of the world. I won't go into that too much, not to lose any of the listeners that have, you know, stayed with us so far. I but told them to I'll fuck off. You, There's, they, they can continue fucking off if they don't want to listen to the rest of it. I'll tell you this. Mount Shasta. <laughs> I want to very, listen. <laughs> Mount, Mount Shasta is a very powerful place. And you don't have to take my word for that shit. Go and, go and visit Mount Shasta sometime. It, it creates its own weather. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll leave it at that. So we, we lived there for two years and I did the sitting in class doing paramedic school twice and I withdrew twice and I did, I had a great grade. I had an A minus both times, but I don't want to play the, I'm going to sit in the classroom and let you tell me what to think game. I, right. I realized I can't do that. I don't want to play that game and call it, you know, personal weakness or, you know, being a quitter or what have you, I'm willing to accept those things. But the, the fact remains, I withdrew twice. But then I found out that I could go online and take my paramedic education. And then, of course, at the end, I have to do my clinical and internship. So to become a paramedic, See, they don't want and, you to know about that game because they don't make as much money. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't aware of that game. So I was like, oh, I can I can win that. I'd game. rather call you a quitter, you know, shame yeah. you into staying in the money making system. You know what I'm saying? So I am doing that. And uh, I'm about six eighths of the way through my didactic. I have an A in the class. I'm looking forward to going and putting in my time at a, at a local hospital and then uh, on an ambulance uh, outfit. Uh, I've worked for interfacility transfer ambulances and I've worked in 911 ambulance uh, service in Mount Shasta for Mount Shasta Ambulance. So the reason I like emergency medicine so much is it's not a game. It's not right. a fucking game. The people that administrate it and the money makers and the insurance companies are desperately trying to make it a game. 
but it's not a money to be made. Right. Yep. And that's okay. That's, that's fine. That's fine. So, so because you've got to pay your bills too. So no problem. Right. Right. But when you're in the trenches, when somebody's there and you're picking them up, you know what I mean? Yes, sir. I don't begrudge the games of which I've participated and the people who play games to, to win their desired results. Good on them. More power to them. Right. My thing is just, I cess it out real fast. And if right. it's one that I'm not comfortable with or I'm not willing to participate in fully, I have a real hard cognitive dissonance to overcome. And I've had to deal with that a couple of times. So yeah, no, I've been there. I've been there lots of times. Saying? Yep. I walked out on places. They just didn't like the game. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so I was just going to say this last thing and then, I'll, and then I'll turn it over to you because that gives you a real good synopsis of who I am, where I came from and, and what kind of my philosophy is about life. But my, my thought process is a game is where you can write in code all of the possible behavior patterns and you can define clearly all of the outcomes. But I contend that life doesn't work that way, nor does the planet. Um, and so I'm drawn to things that are constantly in a state of evolution, like skiing on the mountains, Mm -hmm. like surfing in the ocean and like now, which is this new thing that I'm trying to do that I'm, that I'm, that I'm putting energy into communicating effectively. And here you are, you know, (laughs) Ta-da! very happy to be here by the way. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, it, interactions with people is totally the. Uh, I, I'm not coordinated enough to um, go skiing or surfing or skateboarding or anything, you know. Um, but I, I'm coordinated enough to give a fair shake at relationships, and it's it's no joke. It's a it's a thrill, you know, the people you meet and the opportunities to interact with people in real time, you know, that I started my business, um, uh, doing real estate this past year after six years of playing around with it and a couple of years working for somebody else. And the biggest piece of it really is, is just that is just relationships because, and I'm focusing on commercial, which is by the way, you know what I mean? Like one out of a hundred transactions, one out of 500 transactions. I don't know. You know what I mean? They're few and far between. And, um, and so what do you do? You know, you just meet people, you interact with people, you, um, which is great. That's what I've been doing my whole life anyway. I just wasn't getting paid for it. Do you know what I mean? It was suggested to me in my couple of years working for somebody else. Like, you know, you're really good with people, you know, and I'm looking around at the other guys who, thank you, man. You know, I'm looking at these old guys who are good in the game and been there for a long time. And what do they do? You know, they wake up at 11, they have a couple of drinks, they go golfing, <laughs> they, you know, they come into the office and have a couple more drinks. And then they make one important phone call to that one guy and they laugh with him for a while. And, but, um, but it, but it, it all boils down to relationships to get to that point right there, which is a dream come true. That's awesome. If you can take your relationships and make money off of it, great. And then you do it, do a deal with this guy, right? Eventually you get a lease form or you sell his building 
whatever it is, or he trusts you to help him buy a building, so on and so forth. But you've gone through a thousand other people who either um, the end result is that you're with people who you really like and who are like-minded, just like you would be with anything else. If you were into Magic the Gathering, you know what I mean? There's no money to be made, but you're going to go every Friday night. You're going to make friends with everybody who shows up. And then if you do it every year for 15 years, every week for 15 years, you're going to end up with a core nugget of people who love the game and love you enough that they came back to that location for 15 years. You know what I mean? And so I'm embarking on this um, journey here. Uh, Just, you know, really enjoying the process of getting to know people, connecting with people in a really real way. And along the way, I'm meeting all kinds of people who I'm never going to do a deal with. And that's absolutely fine because I've been doing this my whole life anyway, just enjoying people, right? And trying to connect with people and be really real, both share myself so I can, so I can understand myself, right? So by sharing with you, you're a mirror to me. I'm able to understand myself better by sharing myself with other people. um, Honestly, I'm able to source out the people who will deal with me and the people who hate me. And that's great, right? By being honest and vulnerable and putting it all out there for me to kill before you can, uh, you know, I, I end up only with people in my life who, who, who like me, who put up with me. Do you know what I mean? Or who, which doesn't mean that I'm always right about everything. You like me, love me, or hate me. You know, a lot of a lot of the people who I love the most will tell me to my face, of course. You know what I mean? Shut the fuck up. You're wrong about that, and I can't even stand your attitude about this. And you're way off track, and you probably have scars from your childhood. I say, okay, <laughs> thank you for the feedback. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Uh, let me go well, think about that wrong. for the afternoon, <laughs> but I don't go anywhere. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, the, the great hope is that at the end of it. You know, I do, I do one shitty little deal this year and two shitty little deals next year and three the following year. And, you know, by the time I've been in the game for 30 years, I'm like these old guys who wake up at noon, have a couple of drinks, right? Or a couple of puffs, right? And there you uh, go. <laughs> depending on the day of the week and, um, you know, go into the office, make one phone call to somebody who's, who's become a friend over the years. Do you know what I mean? And, right. and, and, and along the way, scooping up all sorts of great relationships with other people, you know, I've always done it casually. That's who I am. Right. But like now I'm doing it like relentlessly, like it's my job to interact with people. You know what I mean? They're great. Right. No problemo. Originally I wanted to be a English teacher, not specifically because I liked uh, English I, but English growing up, uh, born in 1980 and going to school was always like, read a poem and talk about your feelings. And I thought that was very valuable. I really liked showing up in English class and being able to talk about my feelings and listen to everyone else in the class talk about their feelings, which is where you get those insights into like, oh, wow, Janie, I think she literally, her dad's raping the family. You know what I mean? Like, she'd be nice to this girl. You know what I mean? Jimmy over here, he's really bitter because his dad's uh, over... Um, zealous dick at work, but he's not as bad as Janie, but he probably needs a little extra love too. You know what I mean? Jimmy over here is just a little prick and nothing's going to get through to him because he's spoiled and he needs 20 years to go, you know, not make any friends before he realizes he should (laughs) act better. 
you know, you don't get that in math class. Um, right. So right. now it's my great pleasure to plow through people, you know what I mean? <laughs> a thousand miles an hour, scooping up social media connections, scooping up phone numbers at meetings, sitting down, having coffee, having Zooms, and, and it'll all work out, you know what I mean? In this, in this game, as far as the money goes, you know what I mean? Uh, like I say, a handful of deals over the years will really pay for itself. And, and then in the meantime, I just get to, it, you know, meet a lot of people, interact with a lot of people, and, and have a lot of conversations that are, that are really helpful for, for both me and for others. You know what I mean? Um, share your story with me. Let me share my story with you. You know, let's all move forward together. Well, let's hear your story. I understand that working backwards, six years you've been in real estate, but it's only been a year you've been working for yourself. Yeah, so um, 10 years in real estate. It was the first okay. six years uh, or so I was out on working kind of just part-time a little. I got my license and I was kind of messing around a little here and there, doing some rentals, doing selling uh, occasionally a couple of um, multifamilies to some friends. And, uh, and then about three years ago, I started working full-time in commercial for somebody else on a salary. Uh, in an office with like these like high power brokers who'd been around, you know, forever, a lot of experience, a lot of um, just a lot of experience, you know what I mean? And um, kind of detailing what I'm just saying right here, you know, it's like relationships, relationships, relationships. And, um, and so after a couple of years over there, I actually, um, uh, I wanted to do something on my own. And I um, originally I wasn't even gonna go do some commercial uh, real estate on my own. But after a couple of months kind of walking in the wilderness, I said, what the fuck are you thinking, John? You know, you think you're gonna start your own business, uh, but I think that the business that you've seen the most and been the closest to is, is some commercial real estate. And I think that's kind of your field. You know what I mean? Like, do you have any problem with that, John? I'm talking to myself, you know? No, no, I, I like it. Do you know about it? Yeah. You know about the legal contracts, you know about the relationships, you know about the uh, back office shit, you know about the, you know, crunching numbers and pulling comps and you know about all of it. Yep. Okay. Oh, my computer. Oh, there we go. You came back. You're good. Did I? Yep. You froze for just a moment. Hold on. I don't know why that happened. Let's hope that doesn't happen ever again. So, um, so I said, yeah, yes, John, that's, you know about all that stuff. There's really no other, if you want to start your own gig, you really should do what you're lined up for. Now previous, so I've been doing this for, for a year and selling okay. a couple of, you know, shitty little properties and writing a couple shitty little leases and meeting a ton of people and having a, a real blast. Just like I say, like full time, just enjoying people you know, and it doesn't matter to me. You know, I, I'm always happy to, I think previously, because I didn't come from any kind of money anyway. Where, where gonna, were you born and raised? Yeah. So I'm, um, oh, hold on. I think my stream stopped. We'll, we'll restart the stream. Um, okay. So I was, I'm from, I was born 1980 uh, in Worcester, Massachusetts. Didn't live here long, grew up in New Jersey. Uh, 
outside of New York City with all the Guidos and Italianos. And uh, until I was about 17, and then my mom's family is from Massachusetts. So my grandma was kind of sick, so we came back in 1997. And my childhood was largely, uh, well, I won't say it was largely uneventful. Uh, my family personal life was largely uneventful. My parents both had sort of some of the difficulties in their childhoods, and they'd really hung on to, um, to religion to get them through that, and it really was and is a solution for them. And so they, I give them so much credit. They raised us really well. They were just like really nice to us. I can't give them any credit for teaching us how to make a dollar, start a business, turn a dollar, save a dollar. They <laughs> couldn't figure that out. They're also not super duper at health. They're really fat, as they know, if you're listening, mom. What do you want, you know? but, um, but on a personal level, like super ultra nice and just was like, that was kind of the rule of the house, was like be nice. Loving, and music, huh? they're very loving, very loving. Which isn't to say my mom didn't break a pan. That's her like favorite story is when I, I pissed her off really bad. We used to get into it quite a bit. And she like, instead of smashing a pan against my head, which is what I think she wanted to do, she slammed it into the wall. It was a unique occurrence. This was in no way an everyday occurrence. And she hung on to the dented pan for years and years because it was like a reminder, like, don't get to that level. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's awesome. Um, but you're saying music. On, on, yeah, well, I should also add that in my like in my young years, talking about the traumas that I don't think are really important enough to cry about anymore, but just kind of my own personal story, like from my feels, um, socially outside of the house, I wasn't having a great time really growing up. Um, my family was too fat and too religious, and um, bad combination. Yeah, bad combo. <laughs> and I wasn't the I just wasn't the coolest kid in town. And also being such a nice family, like very like, you know, don't fight, just be nice to people, turn the other cheek, like might be a great philosophy, maybe for kids and adults, but when you're a kid and you're turning the other cheek you, and it's the eighties in dirty Jersey, you know what I mean? Like I just got run over by a lot of kids in town and uh, really I, it was, had a difficult time growing up, <laughs> needless to say. Um, so, but uh, you know, I, around 21 years old, I, I went off to college. I tried to be an, an English major, thinking that I would be a helpful teacher for the next generation of kids. Um, I smoked a lot of weed and played a lot of music. My family is really into music. And I really what I wanted to do is make a career of the music. And um, when I graduated in 98, like everything changed. I don't know if I would have known what to do had things not changed, but like Napster came in, digital music came in and like the whole music industry just went and MTV went out. My dream was to be on MTV and sell, you know, cassette tapes or CDs. Right. <laughs> like, so, but with no business knowledge and no sense of what to do, I really couldn't figure this one out whatsoever. I tried from about 20, around 20, I kind of got over, all of my childhood trauma, which was pretty intensive, I should say. In my mind, I really, I had a lot to fight through. And I, um, I, ha I always had a lot of good friends too, I should say, give them a lot of credit, people who I'm still in touch with to this day. But um, as far as being social and being out there and really enjoying other people, 
that kind of came to me after I was about 20 years old because for the first stretch of time, I was really kind of scared and, and bullied. But after about 20 years old or so, I, I kind of had a come to Jesus moment was like, um, yeah, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay. I don't need to buy into any of this shit that other people are putting on me. You know, everybody in town put me down saying, um, bad things about me. And, uh, just, um, yeah, I just don't believe any of that. <laughs> That's kind of what I came to. What, what, I don't, what was the, what was the turning point? What was the, what was the stepping stone? What, what, what allowed you to change that mentality or that, sure. that thought process? So, um, I met another guy, so it was through, um, at 20 years old, I went off and did a year of, um, retreats for high school kids and with a team, it was actually teams. There's this group called net ministries out of St. Paul, Minnesota. They're uh, Catholic, kind of like Catholic charismatic. They're these young kids sure. and they love Jesus. Sure. And Jesus is cool. Yeah. You ever see Dogma, the, the buddy Christ? Yes. They're totally a whole, there's like every year they recruit like 120 year old buddy Christs. Yeah. And they're with their big, huge hearts. You know what I mean? So I went off sure. and did my, my mission trip with my big, huge heart. And I traveled around the country with, um, they break you up into teams of 12 and you get in a van and you ride around on a schedule and every day you pop into a new town and you're like, Hey kids, life is okay. Jesus loves you. All your traumas are okay. Let's right, come on, right. let's pray. You know what I mean? Um, sure. And while today I would probably alter some of the specific language around that, I think the sentiment it holds, right? Everything sure. is okay. Well, as cyn okay. as cynical as as you speak on it, with 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 a with a touch of sarcasm and, and good humor, it by your own admission was a transformative experience. Oh, it was. So at the end of the year, um, there was a guy who was like in in charge of. He was like kind of the go to leader. He stayed back in St. Paul, Minnesota, and he really shared his story with everybody very openly. Um, he had a lot of trauma in his life. Actually, maybe not that openly. I don't know too much about his story, but he, he had a lot of trauma. He had a lot of, you know, I don't know if it was sexual trauma or, you know, abusive family or something like that. But like, he just was kind of like over it. He was just over it. And he was like, you know, I'm uh, like, I was traumatized and I'm, I'm not buying into this anymore. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm free. I'm move. I'm moving on. Fuck that shit. And uh, <laughs> you know, um, everything is is cool. I'm gonna, you know, I'm just gonna. Um, I'm trying to translate like the Catholic words. There's like a lot of Catholic words that I think because I really don't, I really don't buy into a lot of the religious aspects of it. But I think there's yeah. I want to drill into that of it. I, I'm I'm not to interrupt you. I apologize, but I'm super no, interested because you, you were raised. Catholic. You yep. went to Catholic school. I went to private Catholic high I school. I did. I did go to Catholic yeah. school, yeah. You, you, you clearly were given something that was greatly valuable in yep. terms of its ability to help you evolve as a person and grow and somehow learn how to defend yourself interpersonally or believe in yourself or, you know, something happened, right, from, from these, these retreats and so forth. And yet you have a 
you know, let's say healthy skepticism of religion. Now, I'm not sitting here with anything to sell, and I'm certainly not a part of any organized religion, but I'm really interested to understand that what seems to be a dissonance where you recognize that you had a positive upbringing that was based in a religious worldview. You were given something that helped you to become a man from a group of religious practitioners. Mm -hmm. And now as an adult, a a, a business owner, a a man in charge of his own destiny, you kind of scoff at it. Yeah. So, um, I, the way I see it right now is, and I can be wrong, by the way, I, I I, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. Um, but I, I see religion, um, including my own native Catholicism as, um, most likely kind of just a big, uh, I I guess a real pessimistic way to say would be like a Santa Claus moment, but I don't mean to be, I don't want to put it down. I know that it's really doing a lot of work for a lot of people. Um, But I would say that the takeaways from it are, so I, I would just, so here's the thing. Okay. All right. Look, let me try and answer all this. I'm going to try, I'm going to tell my story and then see if I can wrap the answer into it. In his words, back, back to this moment, this kind of breakthrough around 20 years old, um, very specifically drilling down in high school, the term I got was gay boy. There was a whole crew of guys who called me gay boy. It was just everywhere through the halls, gay boy, gay boy. And it was like fucking just, Dude, I can't really back say at, the word because it was such a it was such a, a, a venomous word. It was, was so, it was the worst. It was yeah. way worse than fuck you. It was way it right. was worse than anything. You're a right. pussy fag. Yeah, I mean anything gay was like completely unacceptable. I was actually talking right. to my childhood best friend last night, who's come out recently. And we were talking about that. It we went to the same high school. And it's like, he's like, dude, you could not, no one could ever say they were gay. It was com- right. that you would have gotten right. fucking murdered. So when they're coming after me and using that pejorative right there, gay boy was like my name. And I never said anything about it. Turn the other cheek. Like it just fucking wore on me. You know what I mean? I was just like wore on me. So around 20 years old, I met this, I went on this retreat year, had a wonderful year met a lot of wonderful people, helped hopefully a lot of kids across the nation. And, um, and then this one guy who was one of the leaders of the whole outfit, and I believe had probably gone through some sexual trauma or at least some kind of home abuse. Um, I'm, he had gotten over his shit largely. And, um, you know, I think in the words there, he would say like, came to, you know, I, I brought it to Jesus and he revealed to me that everything would be okay. You know what I mean? Something (laughs) like that. That would be the, probably the language around that. And, and so for me, I'm sitting there, my big takeaway around 20 years old was like, I'm not gay, which was interesting because I never thought I was gay and I still don't think I'm gay. And I feel almost apologetic 
about it in this world where like you're supposed to be very pro-gay yeah um, and uh, be honest yeah, yeah. i still get a little skeezed out by gay Jesus. and to be honest i still like even talking to my buddy last night i'm like are you sure you're not straight and he's like sorry dude i'm not straight you know I don't know. I don't, what the hell I know about sure. it. So, but regardless, that was the thing for me. I'm sitting there with this guy and I'm like, dude, I'm not gay. Like, which is just something as turning the other cheek, I'd really not said with any force. I certainly never turned to these group of bullies in high school. and was like, guys, I'm not gay. They would have just beat the shit out of me behind the school. You know what I mean? And told me sure. that's fine. You're not gay. You know what I mean? You're, but you're covered in blood. So it's like, Jesus. <laughs> I think for me, that moment right there was like, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm not gay. I'm not, I'm not, or if we were to translate that into today's words, maybe somebody, if somebody's listening and they're young, be like, you know, you suck, you suck, you suck. I don't even know what the kids say today. You know what I mean? You're a loser. Right. You have no friends. You have no friends. You're worthless. 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 You have no friends. You have no friends. You'll never accomplish anything. You'll never accomplish anything. You'll never, you know I mean, whatever the hell it is that's like your worst fear from you or your culture or your family. That's what was being dumped on me at that time. And so, sure. at, you know I mean? After a number of years of that, I should actually insert an interesting factoid. So my senior year in high school, we moved back up to Massachusetts and I walked into Marlboro High School and like nobody knew me from Adam and nobody was there to pick on me in any fashion. And I was just like looking around. Like, like wait, waiting for it to come? The, the, yeah. Uh, and in the fact, assault. there was like all these chicks had, all, all these younger classmen, all, all the younger chicks were all crushing on me. My sister's coming around telling me that this one likes you and that one likes you and all my friends like you. No, no, no. And I'm just like, the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me. Like I'm just so used to being the, you know what I mean? The most, one of the, you know, a top derided individual and like it just was very odd to me so uh, so then i went off and did some retreats and it was like no i'm not worthless i'm not these pejoratives just i'm yeah. not so i guess if that would be a big takeaway for me if i could i'd love to help that pass that message to other people is like you know if there are people in your life that are telling you you are something whatever it is, something bad, something, and gay isn't bad, right? So it's kind of oh, tricky to translate that too, but you know what I mean? If they're putting it you wasn't, down- It wasn't ever way, meant as you are homosexual. It was meant as you are, you know, less of a man, you are invalid as a, as a person yeah. in the social hierarchy. I understand. I was, I, yeah. you know, was a child yeah. around the same time. Yeah, no, I, I don't know it. what the language is, how to universalize the language. I'd love to figure that out. But- um, That's a good question. Yeah. But anyway, so then, you know, so then I just went, that was it. I was like, I kind of just got over it in a minute. I was like, oh, that's great. I'm, uh, I'm really owning it. Like I'm, I'm cool. I'm a cool dude. So, um, <laughs> you are a cool dude. So, so it just seems like this experience where you lived for service, where you were around other people that had recovered from trauma, where you were able to have some positive, um, mentorship, uh, just totally flipped the script, totally changed. And now it seems like it's water off a duck's back. It's like, while you can reflect on those times and they're still like, you said worthless like 10 times, like there, that trauma was real. Oh yeah. Yet, oh yeah. Yet it's not, it's not alive anymore. So I just, Correct. in hearing that. I would say, I should, I should say it does come back. I definitely, you know, 
whether it's from that or just generic human condition, I definitely have my moments where I'm like, everybody's after me, everything, you know what I mean? I get it. Like, yeah, I think we but all- they, they're, they're, they're moments. Right. These days. Well, I guess, I guess what I'm getting at, no, don't be sorry. What I'm getting at is you put it to me, the question of, am I a person that finds God in nature? And I said, yes. And I can tell you why. Because when I'm in nature, it's me and me alone. There's no, there's no resistance. There's no games and there's no, there's nobody trying to trip me up. It's me. And I can feel when I'm on a long bike ride, my own effort through my own body. I can listen to the the anxieties of my own mind oh is there a you know mountain lion or oh is the the you know lightning going to strike me dead or you know am i good enough or can i can i do this trail or i i'm immediately faced with myself and i think that transformative processes happen in that state when a person is self-reflective and I think a person can get there through any number of means. I would argue music is a really potent oh, yeah. alchemical way of self-reflection, right? Because because oh. you're you're it's it's like resonating the the music of your spinal column, right? I mean, like when you're when you're jamming, right? Isn't there kind of like you're not like jamming like this. You're you're like you are the music, right? Is that a fair thing right. to say? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the same thing can be said about surfing and skiing and the places that I find God. It's not that I go to the mountaintop and I'm, I'm some Buddha. It's that, it's that the concept of the saving grace, the concept of a higher power, the concept that all the religions are based on the prophet that goes and has a psychedelic experience. Okay. I'm not speaking to the tenets of organized religious you know, institutions. I'm yep. talking about the stories that every one of them tell. You're talking about is, the experience. Yes, sir. The direct experience is found right. in these transformative the processes. Yes, sir. Not the map, the fucking territory, not the menu, right. the fucking right. burger that you want to order, right? That I is, think that's the difference. That's what I saw in you when, when we connected is I, I see a lot of people who really, and this is a stage I think that people go through, you know, is you see the map and you believe it. You're like, oh shit, a fucking treasure map. And you're like, you're on that, that's a significant turnaround when you realize, you know, okay, there isn't, there are answers out there, right? And then people start putting out, you see a lot of social media accounts, like, oh, really positive message, a really positive message. And you then you look at their account and you're like, this person has no experience. They're posting all these maps that they found and they're really excited because they are, they've come to believe, they've had a real change of heart that a solution is available. Um, but they, they had, don't have the experience of, you know, they're still lacking that experience. And that's, that's not something to point a finger at, by the way. Like for but me, I, hear you. I couldn't have, I couldn't have um, known what to do to, I, I couldn't have brought my buddy who came along and had shared his traumatic experiences and was the one to whom I was able to sit with and say, I'm not gay. You know, the, that was an outside force that came into my life, you know, 
So no finger pointing for people who are simply sharing, sharing maps and maps and maps right. and good words, regurgitated, regurgitated, regurgitated. Right. Um, that's kind of like opening the doors and, you know, being like, I, I you know, that's the first step. But the right. next step is to start experiencing, crashing into it, meeting people, you right. know, coming up with words of your own, you know, um, yes, standing on mountaintops. Yes, sir. So I've got a couple questions for you. I, uh, there's an anecdote too that's good that comes from uh, this guy who I have a lot of respect for. He was doing an interview with um, what's his uh, name somebody. again? His name is Ontario Ali. I highly recommend him. He has websites. There's para theatrical, like think theatrical theater theatrical, but para paratheatrical.com, and he has a website vertical pool. Dot com. I'm, I'm crazy, but I'm crazy in the way that lends itself to intelligence because I'm a very right-brained thinker. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to think outside of the box. I'm either, like if you have 20 people in a room and you ask everybody a question, I'm either the slowest person to come up with the answer or I am well in front of everybody else in answering a conceptually difficult question. And that's just how I am. I, 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 yeah. I think in a certain way that is willing to, and, and one of the reasons I'm a huge Elon Musk fan and he'll really? tell people, he, he thinks in first principles. So if there's a question and there's a whole body of knowledge in trying to answer that question, mm -hmm. but we haven't pushed the science forward, he's willing to say, well, fuck all of that. Let's just, let's just try to start from the very basic premises and see how we can get there with throwing out as much needless map as possible, okay? Um, so here's, here's my questions. Number one, um, What's been the journey from 20 years old, major catalyst in finding yourself, if you will, to Free, age... freeing myself? I don't know if I'd found myself at that point, but I freed myself. Okay. That's interesting. From, from what, from, from the, 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 the ties of having to respond to, to input to just like, just like being well, from from I, I guess from just believing on some level that I was worthless, that I just heard that I was just so bottom of the barrel. You I know what I mean? Uh, right. I, I, that Are I finally able... spoke against it. I finally said no. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Which is, I, I think, like probably that. exactly what I said. I probably had a good laugh too, like just kind of ironic. Like I don't think I've actually said this to anybody. Like I'm not actually gay. I'm not actually bottom it. of the barrel. However you want to, whatever your bottom of the barrel is, I'm, that's not actually me. Sorry. I get it. I get it. So, so at a certain point, there was a recognition of, of everybody else as another self, just, just trying to make sense of an incomprehensible experience of consciousness and realizing that what they were putting out was not pure truth just as what we put out is not pure truth. It's our, it's our distillation of our own experience, right? And right. like, you know, um, so my, my kind of inspiration, motivation, the thing that keeps me going is feeling connected to, to what, what is, both above me and that being, uh, you know, things that, that, that exist 
beyond me, weather, and then things below me, like, um, you know, the undercurrents of how people perceive me as a person and, and, and the dynamism of, of interaction. So what I wanted to put to you is you're very charismatic. You carry yourself well and you articulate and you're extremely well communicated. You're, you're, you're communicative. You. Okay. You're very, you're very articulate. So where does that come from? Where, where, where are you pulling? Where are, where are you the center of your consciousness seated when you're able to, when you're able to surf, surf in, dialectically? Because that's a skill. That's a real skill. That's a good question. Um, well, there's a couple things that come to mind right away. One would be genetics, I think. And another would be the whole thing I just laid through there, the breaking through and the freedom, because I've been on the other side of keeping my mouth shut. And, um, and, I, and I don't want to. Because <laughs> right? it doesn't lead so, anywhere good, does it? Yeah. Just accepting so, what other people dictate to, to oneself it's not a recipe for success, is it? You got to speak your truth forward, huh? Yeah. Um, so, and this is an interesting question. I don't know. The, the, can I, let me try and make sure I'm answering the question right. I'm a, you think that I'm a good communicator and um, I think, okay, so this is what I say when I say the breaking through the freedom. I've, I might be a total piece of shit. I might be the world's worst person. I might be the biggest scumbag in the world. I might be the stupidest person in the world. I might be the gayest person in the world. I might be the most worthless person. All the most negative things, right, that you possibly could be. I'm just talking hypothetically. I might be. And I've lived enough of a time in my life. And by the way, the gay boy in high school was kind of the crowning moment because even in my middle school and younger years, I just kind of turned the other cheek. You know what I mean? And anytime anything came my way, I just kept my mouth shut. And I felt very, I don't, I'm not going to say I felt like entirely worthless, but I had like a strong streak of worthlessness that I thought was just kind of part of the John Snyder substance. And even in a worst case scenario where I am uh, worthless and even uh, bad or doing things wrong, right? Um, I thank you for asking this, by the way, I'm trying to clarify my thoughts around it, but this is a, this is a deep question. I, I cannot, um, I can't proceed in life. I can't go forward in life by hanging on to those thoughts in any fashion. So my new worst case scenario is that I run forward into the world like a fucking idiot totally worthless, totally stupid, you know what I mean? Complete piece of shit, totally self-centered, um, wicked, wild egomaniac, horrible person, terrible intentions, and that I, I run forward into the world and, um, and that I don't, I don't in any way sit back and quietly 
embrace these things, but that if all the worst case scenarios are true, that I live it openly and say, well, here, everybody, this is me and it might be all fucking horrible. Help me out. Or in a best case scenario, this is me and aren't these wonderful things enjoy. And in the reality, the great gray reality in the middle is like, this is me. If there's a problem, please fucking tell me so I can fix it to the best of my ability. And if you're enjoying some of my better virtues, um, whether it's be something that I honed over the years or something that's just innately me, well, fucking good for both of us. And, And then from there, I'm totally free. I can do anything I want. I can, I can go be a, I I can do anything. I might not be able to, anything meaning like there's no more fear of um, judgments holding me back. It's just whatever, wherever the chips fall, they fall. And, um, and I, and I'm able to move forward with the help of the people around me and with the valid praises of the people around me. I hope I'm not attention seeking just for validation. Um, I love that. Uh, it's, it was, it, it's as but, if you, you, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's again, another worst case scenario, but it's like um, just I've lived, I've lived it all on my own quiet locked up. So now I I'm, and it didn't work out so well, you know what I mean? And I kind of sure. had to step out and say, hey, inside of this quiet little world is too much garbage from the outside world that I embraced. Right. So like, here it is, it's open. Right. Like you can have whatever you want to put on me, no problem, you can take it right fucking back. And by the way, this is me, it's all coming out. It's all out in the open, right. like I say, and it's not perfect. So fucking fix it if you can and enjoy it if you want to. and. Fucking door is open. Have a good time. And I will be too. And that goes back to the initial thing we were saying there. It's like if somebody's authentic, there's nothing you can do. If you don't like the person, I fucking hate this guy. Well, there's fucking nothing you can do against him. Because he's not playing any game. He's just being himself. How are you going to stop him at that? You know what I mean? You slam on all his brakes, take away all his money, take away all his friends and family, put him in a Job situation, right? I mean, and he's just going to be fucking authentic somewhere else. Right. And he's going to crash into all kinds of other people who are going to want to help him. And he's going to meet all kinds of people who fucking hate him. And that's great. That's actually great news. If I go through the Walmart, this is something I literally do. I'll walk through like everywhere. My family laughs at me. I'll get in my car. No, forget the car. I walk out my front door and I wave to my neighbor. Then I get in my car and then I wave to the people driving by. Then I drive down the street and I wave to every fucking person then i get in the walmart and i get out of the car and i wave to the people and then i walk in the walmart and i wave to the walmart greeter and then i walk through the aisles and i wave to every fucking person i walk past right and what happens is that every fucking interaction i'm either meeting friends or enemies and that's fucking great because if somebody looks at me like how the fuck is that who the fuck you think you're waving at me or some chick walks by and is like, I think he's flirting with me. I'm trying to just buy some tampons. Leave me alone. Right? Like, no problem. Because we're, it actually comes down to sales. And that's probably why I'm a good salesman too. I heard this definition earlier this year was so smart. Sales is getting, eliciting a yes or a no from someone. Very simple. 
It's not trying to convince you that this is this, that is that. It's just getting a yes or a no. And that's what I go about my life. And I understand very quickly the people who like me, dislike me, or are willing to come back to me at a later date. And I'm just going to continue going about my business. So it's like, okay, great, a friend. Okay, great. You don't want to talk to me. You hate me. I'm glad that we're very clear about it. Okay, you're open-minded, but you definitely don't want to interact now because you're a little scared. I get it. So. I like that. So there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a constancy and authenticity and the willingness to meet somebody halfway as opposed to allowing them inside of your, you know, your, your self center of self-worth that, that place is not open for business. That place is something no. sacred, right? No, nobody's allowed in there. Right. Um, right. That's a uh, place. That, I'm sorry. I'll take, I'll take everything into consideration. If you tell me, if you tell me I'm horrible or you tell me I'm wonderful, I will take it into consideration and I'll go and I'll think about it. Do you know what I mean? And I might alter sure. myself accordingly, Sure. but it's like, it's just in and out. It's just water here's, flowing through. Here's three things that you made me think of that, that are, you know, maps, but I think that they're interesting, interesting to, to bring to bear. Uh, define yourself or be defined. Okay. Uh, Gary V has a, um, song that Akira the Dawn does online. I'm a big fan of Akira the Dawn. He does, um, electronic music with like a speaker, like with like a vocals on the top of it and has these really interesting tracks and he has a Gary V album. And, uh, he says, there's two ways to build the biggest building in town. Number one, build the biggest building in town or number two, build a pretty good building and spend all your time trying to tear down everybody else's building, right. okay? And number three, the other thing that I think is brought to bear on the discussion is the archetype of the ascending king is the fool. You have to be willing to make a fool of yourself if you're ever going to conquer the dragon. There is no person who does everything right and comes out on top. That's not how it works. And I think that and that person taught, would be suicidal. They would have no right? self. They would have no, not necessarily, but they would have no self value. They would never be able to look back on any accomplishments and say, "I did anything," if it was all purely innate. Right. We're we're, like we're I, taught I, that we have to win all the time, and the value of failure is something that is not distilled into the American narrative, and it's a shame, in my opinion. Right. You know, yeah. I think that I think that at the heart of 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 what is the reason I find God in nature, and I would argue you found God in yourself, in your ability to be authentic and emote positivity, independent of what you get back. That's a that's a real power. Is that the consciousness of the you know, enlightened individual is willing to be in unknown territory. Okay. Right. If you're a person that's willing to go somewhere that's, that's unknown, inherently it's terrifying because you don't, you don't know what's going to happen. If I go out on a big day, especially somewhere I've never surfed, or if I go out on a day skiing, I'm, I've skied enough to know that there's going to be unknowns. I love that feeling. 
because what it does is it resets all of the anxieties and neuroses and personal bullshit stories that I'm telling myself and vulnerabilities and things that I've digested from other people. Like, like we talk about when, when people give us negativity and we own that. When I'm skiing, none of that exists. When I'm surfing, none of that exists. When I'm biking, sometimes I have to face it as I'm you know, having to turn up the gear and, and so forth. But I think that living a holy life and I'm not, I'm not religious, but it's interesting that the discussion's kind of gone in this direction. I think that being holy, you know, finding sacred modes of living is being willing to step out of the known, step away from the system of knowledge through which you've been educated and indoctrinated. And By just definition, that's faith, right? Right. Right. I mean, right. and back to the kind of analogy of the fool versus the innately born hero. Right, um, the you you if you know something, it, it, it just period end of story. It's like uh, what's the value in that versus every time you're willing to step into the unknown, um, you're you're gonna you are. It's like a guarantee that you're gonna gain something. Right. You're going to come back with some something, a dollar, a word of wisdom, a new friend, but only if you go out into the unknown. I look at here, here in my house, you know what I mean? We have our routine, right? But if we just go about our routine, myself, my wife and daughter, right? Like there's nothing gained, right? But if I, if I go into the unknown, if I say, hey, girls, we're turning off the computers today and I don't know. <laughs> whatever the hell it is you know what i mean let's I let's you. do this let's 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 all let's do our schedule backwards let's take you know what I mean? like, right well i, th I think that's that when that... you're gonna i'm sorry get some new take that's it no that's it you're gonna get some new takeaway and that's the only way right i think way. that that's my that's my beacon to which i'm i'm sailing towards and that is i've 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 been in academia i've been in corporate sales I've, you know, been around, you know, high powered executives in, in engineer, you know, software engineering companies and, you know, uh, the, the big names in, in the Bay Area and, um, and systems don't impress me. I'm, I'm at the very same time willing to acknowledge the brilliance of those that are able to program you know hugely complex systems of computer code like i don't want to take anything away from people that have built you know like aristotelian materialism you know things on which our society is based like i don't want to take anything away from the people that made the roads and 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 the electric grid and and the internet like i'm not sitting here saying go sit on a mountaintop and none of it is valuable like i get that there's a lot to be thankful for for people that are you know strictly left-minded my point is the benefit of right-minded awareness is that it's the antithesis to anxiety depression and mental illness and I think it's a part of the narrative that's left out of the Western ethos. We're taught, be a doctor, be an engineer, make things, do things, make money. It's all stuff. And hey, if that's your jam, do it. More power to you. I hope you make a billion dollars. You feel me? But there's another side. Mm -hmm. 
Right. And I should say too, when you say, why am I who I am? A big part of that is my parents, is the religious upbringing, is the fact that the only thing in our house was, um, was God is real. God is good. Fucking period in a story. We're not rich. We're not pretty. We're not popular. We don't have a nice car. We a really but we have this car. thing, huh? That's, that's, yeah, that's we endlessly got, we have, valuable. We, we have God is endless. Yes, perfectly said. And um, right. However you want to define that. Again, I wouldn't put it in the constraints of Catholicism these days. But however you want to define that, you know, there is there's truth to that. And people get saved by that. I mean, look at all the people, not everybody in rehab, but a lot of people in rehab, what's a big part of it is like, you know, um, is the faith aspect coming to faith and accepting that there is something bigger and greater. You know, you hit it with the music. I think that, I mean, it can be very, these things can be very personal. And by the way, just for anybody who's listening, my family who's Catholic or Christian or has their own set of beliefs, you know what I mean? What the hell do I know? Maybe it's not, you know, maybe it is, no, maybe it's not individual. Maybe it is universal and I got to get back on the track, but I can tell you this much playing music definitely gets me right into that um, zone. You know, um, the religious in within the religious realm, one of the big aspects that I found so much value in was every week going and sitting in this, place where I was forced to forced is the wrong word. Cause I never felt compelled or I, I liked to go into church, but it was like to be in a place where it was just like this vacuous space and you clear your mind and you repeat these mantras and you know, the, you know, you're saying something nice. Right. And then it's just like, this kind of, it's kind of musical. It's like this, a very slow sure. symphony, you know, um, in the, the midst of a giant churches void. are amazing. Huh. Yeah. You know, like there, um, or sitting in, and I mean, I spend a lot of time in, you know, really deep meditation and sitting in, and, you know, in my bedroom in the quiet, you know, and clearing my mind and talking to God, even to, till today, you know what I mean? I still pray on the regular. I pray always like this for what it's worth. Cause I try and be authentic even with God, if there is one. So I always be like, God, if you exist, that's how I like to start my prayers. And then, uh, then from there, it's like, ah, da, da, you know what I mean? Whatever. You know what I mean? Like kind of God, if you exist, I just going to like sit quietly in your presence for like a moment. You know what I mean? But those, sure. those experiences, I never would have I don't know if I can't say I never would have, but those experiences were definitely brought to me through my religious upbringing. And I really, I really took them seriously. I only left the faith when I was 30 because I married a woman who was divorced, which is like out of line with Catholicism. Oh, so okay. I just like, I met my wife and I really liked her and I was like, damn, I'm signing on right away. And, uh, I mean, I was so into the Catholic thing cause I'd never done anything or wanted anything that was kind of outside of the constructs. You know what I mean? Of that. Sure. Like I never sure. had any moment where I was like, this is, this is, this is wrong. You know, it was like, okay, whatever. Take it all with a grain of salt. That's fine. The results are good. I'm getting good results from all of this behavior. I'm getting good personal interactions from this community. And, uh, you know, I don't, there's nothing that they tell me I can't do that I want to do. 
You know what I mean? So um, until I met Rosie, then I was like, uh, I want something else. So like two minutes later, I was like, I guess I'm not, you can't be Catholic anymore. So <laughs> it took, I mean, it took me like 10 years to kind of reconcile that. But um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that anyway. But that's, I like that's kind of where, I like it. why I stand where I stand today. You know, I think, I think one of the, the, the values that you bring in me is the recognition that I have the power to build community outside of the tenant that one needs to join community. I think the fact right. that we're able to connect honestly from our hearts, tell our stories, learn from one another, be candid is a beautiful thing. And I, and I honor that. And I hope we could do this again. And yeah, I, I, you know, I really appreciate you because you catalyze in me, you know, a lot of things, uh, not the least of which is the feeling, you know, okay. And, and, and the value in sharing my story, number one, for, for learning about myself through doing, but, but number two, and in, in the idea that, that it can, it can have some existential benefit to anybody else. Yeah. Can, you know, sorry, before we go, oh, I'd, if I, if I just take one minute, I just wanted to do this Please. before, um, but the conversation just moved past it. I want to recapitulate your story in like 60 seconds. Yeah. Cause I like it. I like it. Okay. You, in your young days, you, your life wasn't perfect. You had some young difficulties, but you found that you were able to proceed forward in the games of life in the, by learning to play the school system or the job system. And then you found that you were able to do very well at those and the satisfaction, but the satisfaction wasn't coming with it. And at the moment when you, and you got into, into surfing very specifically and being where you had to be responsive to the moment and there, there was no human built game. There was just the realities of reality. That's right. <laughs> to, That's right. To, to, to either enjoy or be defeated by to play with and, and that that moment, once you kind of hit the top of the game and then found, you said, well, fuck this. This is someone else's game and this is all contrived. And I'm much more enjoying being in the moment. Um, and you kind of just signed off on which direction you want to choose at that point. That's right. I like that story a lot. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, man. It's, still, it's still going on. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's well, not, it's not static. It's, 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 it's ever evolving and I'm falling on my face and failing on the regular, but that motivation, um, you know, continues forward that, that, uh, that ability to go out into the, the river or the mountain or the, the surf is still there, you know? And, uh, and, um, that's my wife there, uh, yeah. you know, is, uh, is, is, There's definitely a lot of people who can connect with that, by the way. I'm sure that well, resonates so. with a lot of people, a lot of people who were taught and shown and tried a path. Certainly, I know it in my field. There's a lot of people in the commercial field who, from my estimation, you know, they want to play a big game, a big boy game, and they want to come home with dollars in their pocket to show it to somebody. You know what right. I mean? Look at me, and, you know. And, uh, okay, go for it, but you're going to find at the end of it, 
that even if you defeat the game, even if you're guy number one in someone else's game, that's not a reason to live. That's not the, that's not the top of the human experience. I, be, right. I beat a lot of video games in my life, and I think that whenever you defeat any system, it's the same feeling. You're kind of like, um, well, that, well, that was a waste of time, huh? That was it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I feel you. I, I remember beating video games myself and being like, fuck, I just wasted like 100 hours of my life, and now it's done. You know. And, and the thing about surfing is when you drop in on a wave, it's through an understanding of the superordinate confluence of, of, of factors. And I think that there's a real living metaphor to music. Like you need to have all of the dexterity and knowledge in your left hand. You need to have all of the, the requisite skill in your right hand. You need to understand the, the, the instrument. When you're surfing, you need to understand the wind, the current, the, the, the tide, the rip, the swell direction, where the, the, you know, the, the shallow part is, where the peak is, you know, and, and when all of that stuff comes together, and it comes together through an emptying out of all the, 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 just like you were saying about being in the church when you're, when you're, and, and, and every serious surfer will tell you surfing is their church. Everyone ask any surfer. If they go to church when they're in the water, they'll tell you they do because it's the exact same thing. You empty out all of the, all of the thought and you enter into the feeling. And when you feel it, and now there, there's all the prerequisite thought to gain the skill, right? But, but once you, all of that comes together. Once in that the game's moment, on, you feel me? Once, once you're in front of and, people with the guitar and they're expecting some noise. Right, right. But, 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 but you're not playing a game with the guitar. The guitar no. isn't playing games. The no, guitar, no, it's, it's the just guitar you, is, is. It's go you know? time. And, and when it's go time and you're standing up on that, on that wave that's, own, that's transient, right? Part of the thing that's so meaningful is it's not there forever. It's not this right. idea of there's a system and the system is forever and you enter into it and you can become rich. It's like, no, no, that wave is there for 10 seconds and that's it. And then it's never going to be there again. And you can, and that, 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 you know, chord only exists for the amount of time that that acoustic environment will sustain it. As long and as it rings out. <laughs> you feel me? And that's beautiful. And the people that are there to experience it are, there's something magic. That's magic. That's, that's the religious experience. And I'm telling you, man, when you drop in on a wave, the, dis, the, 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 the dissolution of the self and the connection, the pinging, the, the resonance, the harmony with, with the whole happens in the very same way that music happens. Yeah. And that feeling is, is something that's so much more important to me than anything contrived. And it's something that's accessible. It's not like it's, it's, not like it's part of a club. It's not like I have to go you know, join the Masons to, to get no, the free. opportunity. I mean, you got to buy it's a board, free. but yeah. And, and it takes, it's, 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 it's the pure, right? It's, it takes dedication. It takes, you know, time. It takes the development of skill. It takes the assessment of risk, right? It's not, it's not the, the, it the takes the willingness to go out there and give it a shot and to be the fool and to fail. You, you have to have balls. You can't be a little gay boy and get in front of 25 people and play music. You have to be a strong, resolute, self seated, powerful individual to be able to get up in front of people and play music there's there's a soulfulness to that and that is what animates me and i'm faced daily with the cognitive dissonance that the the, the popular media narrative is join the system join a group go and give my 
my value to something established and get real already, get a job, you, fuck, you know. And, and the other part of me, the soul says, do whatever you can to preserve your autonomy because your, your ability to experience the divine will diminish in the face of giving your time to a corporation. I can go drive for DoorDash and I can drive an ambulance and I can make a, a modest wage and I can, I can be on the fucking mountaintop. You know, I can speak with God. And this is not some woo-woo bullshit. You can too. And I would contend that when you're communicating with people that you don't know and just pinging them, when you're playing music, when you're thinking about the relationship you have with your parents, that's what you're doing. You're entering into the divine. And I think that that's something that needs to be revivified in America because I think it's something that we're, we're losing. And it's at our own peril, man. The East has not lost that. The East hasn't lost it. Muslims, Hindu, Buddhists, this is something that's ever present in their cultural narrative. It's something that is part I'm of the fabric of I'm not going to discuss Islam on this stream. I apologize. We don't, we don't have to speak to that specifically. I'm just <laughs> oh saying my God. That, I'll go for hours. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's, but, you, but you feel what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I in, do. I do. In the abstract, the, the tradition of a culture connected with something that is existentially good, okay? If your good is money, you're, 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 that's a dangerous proposition I would contend. If your good is connecting with people, I think that that's fantastic. If your good is I would say, you know what, whatever it is, you've got to be me? willing to let it go. If your good is money, go for it, but you have to treat it like a wave. Like it's going to come that's and it's going to go. I, yesterday I earned a billion dollars. I'm the richest man in the whole world. I'm going to give it away at the end of the night and do it again tomorrow, you know? Sure, sure. I like that. I like that. Just accepting that all things come and go is, is, a, is a source of wisdom and something that I have trouble with, for sure. For sure I do. Because we want to hold on to something, right? We want to we wanna wear the medal. We want right. to be the boss. We want to You know what's a tricky one? There. Is, is my, I'll just speak for myself, I'll personalize it, is my relationship. And I would probably guess probably most people in their, their relationship, if you're in a romantic relationship, if you're in a partnership, right? It's very easy to want to put that in a box, to want to resolve all issues and have a static relationship. We have yeah, a good relationship. We had a big issue. We worked through it. Now we have a good relationship right here in this nice box. Do you know what I mean? I can take a breath. There is a wave to surf. There is a jam to jam. No, we worked through it. Now the waves are coming again. And now something that looks just like it is coming and crashing on my head. And I'm going to work through that. And I'm going to surf through that. You, oh, you know, your wife's from Brazil, right? So my wife's from Brazil. A fiery fucking Latina. She is? You're you're married to a a Brasileira? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do you, and do you, you know follow I mean? Portuguese? I do. I do. I follow un pouquinho Portuguese. And that's hilarious. From, uh, Sao Paulo. And, uh, she's from Sao Paulo. She's from Araraquara, which is an hour South of Sao Paulo. Uh, so we, um, yeah, we go down to the South of Sao Paulo to go to the beach down there. Um, but you know, I mean like there's a, this is, I'm, I come from the tradition of, of keep it quiet, turn the other cheek, just be nice. And there's value to that. But then the other side of that 
street is what I laid out, right? The problems there that lie therein. And then you have the Brazilians and the Latinas who just, yeah, they're a different breed, in my experience. They? Yeah, no, there's a problem in this family. I'm going to take off my flip flop. You know what I mean? And mom's going to fix the problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, anyway, that's a great wave to ride. You know, <laughs> that's beautiful. I like, I like the way you're, you're, you're speaking of that because I haven't conceptualized it that way. Thinking about the journey of life as being a surfer, being a musician, as opposed to being something static, like having the archetype of ourselves be. Let, let, person, let's say not being a surfer or a musician, let's say surfing or jamming. Right, right, right. Being yeah. the verb, like, like, because like there's a difference the too. Thing. This is, this is where I think a lot of religious people get tripped up by the way. Sorry to interrupt you. No, but please. I'll, I'll keep it, I'll keep it quick. So many of the people in my life are religious. They came from a religious background and that's cool. And the highest moments are these experiential moments when you're praying, right? right. When you're right. going through the word that you believe in and you're looking for that word of wisdom that then you're going to go out to apply to your relationship. You've been fighting with your wife and you're looking for a word of wisdom and you're going to go apply it, right? But when it gets difficult is when it, comes into becomes Twitter arguments over, well, the, you know, I got this far into it because it's been helping me. I've been sourcing it out and trying it out and sitting and praying. And now I got this word of wisdom and now I want to get into the details and get semantical about it. They don't think that, right? But that's what ends up happening. You know, and it becomes a map. People want to get, say, right. they got to the top right, of the mountain. And they do and they this. Want, then they Instead want to pull of, out the map and be like, yeah. oh my God, this beautiful map that got me here. Well, what if I do this? And what if I turn it upside down? Right. And they just end up analyzing the map and not realizing that they're sitting right on top of this experience opportunity. Right. Again, there's a difference between being a musician and playing and being a musician and, and studying, you know, which is maybe a different, maybe bad example because there's connection with God in the studies and the learning as well. But regardless, you know, the experience, the surfing, yeah. the jamming, yeah. the right. praying, right. you know, right. sorry. Right. No, don't be sorry. We are verbs. We're not nouns. I right. like that. Yeah. We are what we do, you know? And uh, I, I think that that is something that gives me strength moving forward is that I can define myself moving forward. I don't need to, exist static in my mind and i think that takes courage that takes the willingness to accept the possibility of failure you know because a, a, an, an insidious argument that i've made to myself and i'm sure that others do as well is i can't fail if i don't try well yeah but that's a shitty way to go about life and i've been there and failure is not that bad like 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 we say when we face the unknown when we face our own, our own demons and, and the, the darkness of, you know, doing something that failure is never present possibility is transformative and it gives us value. Um, and yeah, I, I, I uh, and if we stop trying to define, give up the definition, you know, so, uh, you know, just go after when we go after the experience after the movement, you know, you don't need to define it. And, th and there, therein too, the failure doesn't matter. Like, oh, I totally fucking failed. Okay, great. Back on to the experience horse, right? Oh, I right. totally fucking killed it. Like now I'm going to feel these feelings, sure. And then immediately on to another experience 
You know what I mean? This doesn't define me because that shit is gone. It's 10 seconds ago and it's gone, you know? Just the next experience, the next, and there's there's never a definition. Right. 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 I think we have, we have a part of ourselves that wants to categorize and define and assess meaning constantly. And the relaxation of that instinct is a powerful state to enter into that meditative state of turning off your mind, just being. Yeah. Like you said out on the wave. Yeah. I, I, I find that I get there through rigorous physical activity. I can get yeah. there with, with cannabis. I used to smoke a lot. I've moved to tincture. I'm, I'm, I'm detoxing now off it. And uh, amazingly, it brings up past demons that, that I'm working through. But I feel when I'm there. And I would like to more fully open the door to that place because I find that it allows me to have more in my life. And I think that being able to, to, to meet you and, and, and have this conversation is a symptom of, of, of that. And uh, likewise, hundred percent, you know, it's, it's heavy, man, because the, the thinking mind wants to put everything in boxes and try to try to plug everything in and to just relax that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and figured it out. Right. Right. Like, and, and, and maybe, maybe you did, maybe you figured it out and you put it in a nice little box. Now just, I'm going to put that box on the trail of time and move forward. I'm not going to glue it to my forehead. Like, uh, you know, the sure. Jew with their phylacteries. <laughs> Your little box on the forehead. Well, anyway. I, 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 I want to... No offense, Jews. No offense, Jews. There's a good side to that too. Oh, there's a good side to that too. It's a good way to I, do it and a bad way to do it. I, I want to figure out a way to be successful in my life by my own volition, you know, by my own definition, that is, you know, provide for my family and, and, and have children and, and, you know, uh, pay my bills and so forth while still holding true to the raw experiences that have given me so much in my life. And I'm learning how to do that. And it's a daily process and I suck at it very regularly, you know, and that's good. That means you're doing it. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm really, overwhelmed in a certain sense by folks like yourself that see that and say, Hey, let's talk and share your, your version of that and share your story and share. Come here, sweetie. Oh, she's, she's playing games. I was going to show you too. She's running around. That's I've been looking at her running around the corner there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I am humbled that you, are willing to do this, whatever this is with me, because this yeah, is a real likewise. value to me, you know, likewise, and I, I want to do it more because my, my thing is at the edge of knowledge. Well, what's that about, you know, to, to plug my own bullshit is I like not knowing. I like saying, okay, we've, we've talked about all of the, of all of the degrees and systems and things we've been taught. Now let's talk about what, what we're doing. You know, what, what, like you say, like, like the, the verb, you know, and that's where things get really interesting. And I hope that I can build on, there she is. I hope that I can build on that. I hope that I can continue to, to surf and ski and be a, a you know, a, a medical professional and, and just be there for somebody when, when they're having a hard time. Uh, I had a boss in ski patrol at Mount Shasta and he said something that really stuck with me. And I think it, it holds true for, for religious, uh, practitioners and so forth. Um, and musicians, frankly, uh, uh, and that is 
he just said it and I was like, whoa, that's heavy. He goes, you know, because he's a ski patroller director, a ski patrol director and a mountain guide. Look at her plane. And uh, he goes, you know, I have the honor of being there for people during their best times and their worst times. And dude, that, that did something to me. Cause I'm like, yeah, that's what I want. I want, I want to be there at the highest highs and the lowest lows because that's, that's what gives it all meaning for me. Right. You know, it's um, like the, it's like the iceberg kind of analogy. Like you don't know how big someone is if you only see the top and everybody wants to share their best moments, their Instagram moments. Right. But you, even if it's humongous, even if it's the biggest mountain on the world, you don't know how big they are if you're not seeing their right. lowest moments too. You know, that how big right. that span is. Right. So. You know, and I think that that's really important in a day and age when so many people are struggling with, with, you know, with opiate addiction and suicide and depression and anxiety. It's a fucking epidemic in the United States, you know, not to, you know, no pun intended given COVID right now, but like, it's a real problem. And I think yeah, that oh, hell yeah. the lack oh, yeah. and of COVID the, is, COVID is exacerbating it. People are committing suicide. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I think these, these kinds of open and honest dialogues about, you know, what is so often uncomfortable is really powerful, you know, because it shows that we're all just, we're all just flowing, man. We're all just trying to, to ride the wave, you know, and nothing is static. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a mistake to think that, you know, we're static and then the other person that we're evaluating is static. And if they're greater than we are, then we need to judge ourselves. It's like, no, we're all just, we're all just in the ocean, man. We're all like, I don't know a good metaphor mm -hmm. to kind of put it in a box, but like, that's why I'm we're all so surfing. intrigued. You feel me? I, together. I, yeah, man. And it's like the more of us that can, that can play louder and, and, and clamorous and, and more harmony can take place, the better, the better for everybody. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. Let it out. Let your truth out and experience the moment with all of us, you know? Yes, sir. But, um, anyhow, um, let's do it again. I would like that. Yeah, I, me I, too. I'm, I'm very impressed by you. And, and I know you're going to sell a, a shitload of commercial real estate, John. And, and thank you for taking the time. And it's amazing Likewise. to me how deep we got uh, in, this, in this discussion. I, I really value how open and honest you are. And I think you bring that out in me. So thank you Likewise. very much. Yeah, um, thank you very you know, much for sharing I, yourself. I, I hope... I hope our, our, our listeners can get some value from this and, and yeah, man, let's, let's plan it again and, and stay in yeah, touch and, and absolutely. Uh, we'll, I'll be watching you on social media and, and uh, likewise, I'll see you on Instagram. Likes, All right, dog. Much love. Thank you. Sir. Much love. Thank you. Ciao for now.